Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today we're doing an 18 round mock draft, 18 rounds. So a lot of these have been 12 and 14. Now you get an idea to see if I'm going to be going three quarterbacks, three tight ends, what it's going to be with these 18 rounds, loading up on some later round picks and who I prefer to others when I'm actually on the clock and able to pick. So hopefully you're going to enjoy this mock draft that we're going to be doing. Appreciate y'all so much. Be, please, 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 before we get into it, like button, one second of your time, big old subscribe. And if you're brand new to the channel through the video and uh, through the podcast, if you're listening, you can't see my hand, but shaking your hand. Nice to meet you. I appreciate you being here. Cover fantasy sports, NFL, the big head honcho, PGA, love it so much much and then the NBA as well. Some other sports I dabble in trying to get really focused down into the ones that I really want to be covering long term. So I appreciate y'all being here. Hopefully you're all having a great day. Sit back, relax. This next, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes is here for you. Get your draft strategy right. Go out there and dominate the people in your league. And speaking of dominating the other people in your league, in a very non-sexual way, of course, unless that's your thing, then go for it. I don't really care. But what you're going to be doing here is if you want more information, that's how you beat people in your league. If you have information about every single player in the draft and you know how they compare to others, whether it's the rankings, tiers, player profiles, all that stuff. And you want to know where you can get all that stuff. And thanks to the logo above Monkey Knife Fight for just $10, 66% off the original price is in my Supreme Draft Guide, which is linked down below. I've featured it in some other videos. And more recently, I'm going to continue featuring it as the player profiles pages are completely done. They're looking really good. All the information that you need to know in a snapshot on one page for that player, all the rankings and tiers and top 150s and key stats that you can dream about. The premium analysis from yours truly in there as well on draft strategy go in right now, get it for yourself. Because if you're not, if you're not doing that, you're not giving yourself the best chance to win your league. A $10 investment to win your, I don't know, $250, $500, $1,000 to first league is well worth that investment, especially because not only does it give you the chance to have a much higher knowledge level than the people in your league, it allows you to also just hang out with your family and your friends. Or if you just want to be by yourself and chilling and relaxing and not put in hours of education and research into this season, you can still do that. But to the in-depth amount that I'm doing it, yeah, you don't have to do that at that point. I got you, fam. Let's get into this one right now. This is our mock draft video. It's going to be 18 rounds PPR format, two flex spots that we're starting, no super flex, one quarterback. Again, PPR format, there's going to be a bunch of bench spots, like seven or eight spots. Because of that, no defense and kicker, because defense and kickers fucking suck. Nothing personal. So I'm going to start this draft off and I am picking second overall. So let's see what ends up happening. The goal here, obviously, to get Saquon Barkley. So McCaffrey goes first overall. I don't even have to break down too much into it. My rankings, my tiers, I'm looking at them right now. I'm drafting off of, again, those are in the Supreme Draft Guide. Christian McCaffrey goes 1-1 overall. I assume that's going to be the case in a lot of situations. I have McCaffrey, Saquon, and Ezekiel Elliott all in the same tier right now. Saquon and McCaffrey a little bit higher, but right here, easy pick for me, Saquon Barkley, um, the New York Giants running back, an improved offensive line, hopefully a healthier offense with a year two quarterback who likely doesn't fumble as much, we hope. Still a bad defense, but he's a game flow independent back enough that even injured last year, seeing around 55 receptions for a month of the season being actually out and then being lingered for the final month of the season to an extent, I think Saquon's going to be right back to that 75, 80 reception season, full workhorse back, 320 touches. We get ourselves Saquon Barkley. We lock down our key running back. And now at this turn coming back, if you've been watching my videos, you know that I like to go back to back running backs and I'm fine going three or four running backs in a row. So it depends who's left on the board, but hopefully one of these running backs that I like taking, whether it's Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, right? Uh, hopefully one of those guys, and if we're really lucky and Eckler or Kenyon Drake will last to us at the end of the second round, we'll watch how the rest of the first round goes. I assume a lot of running backs are going to be taken. So I'm stopping real quickly just to give you an update on what's going on as we're like almost midway through the second round. But what you're ending up getting was a decent amount of running backs taken in the first round, right? Nine running backs out of the first 12 picks. This is a 12 person draft. You can see all the way up top. You get Michael Thomas going at the third overall pick. 
I understand if people want to go zero RB, that's their strategy. I don't think it's that great of a strategy, but again, you can argue with your refrigerator if you really want to, uh, but you end up getting Kamara, Cook, Zeke. Zeke goes later than I would have taken him. I would have taken him third overall, but I understand, look, if you're somebody taking running backs, there is an argument for a healthy Alvin Kamara to finally break through for over 81 receptions. And that's that's actually a real thing. He's caught 81 balls in his first three years every single year. Pretty crazy. But Alvin Kamara at the 1-4, Cook at the 1-5, Zeke at the 1-6, then Derrick Henry. I personally would have taken Joe Mixon, who goes to the 111. I think that's a great pick, a great spot to take him. I would have taken him probably ahead of Derrick Henry. And at this point when I'm recording holdout concerns for Dalvin Cook, I would have taken him ahead of Dalvin Cook. But already my top 11 running backs are off the board. My top four wide receivers are off the board. But man, oh man, donkey of the season goes to the man who, first of all, took Josh Jacobs at the 109. Not terrible, but you still had Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, and Joe Mixon on the board. Would have taken all those guys ahead of him. But DeAndre Hopkins, he ends up taking here at the beginning of the second round, the 2-4. What a bad pick. 16th overall. I'm never going to get DeAndre Hopkins personally. I did this in my re- previous rankings video. As of right now, my top 150, DeAndre Hopkins is well, well, well down that list. So Hopkins right now for me is going to be somebody that I get 23rd overall. So there's no way I'm getting this guy unless he would make it to like the end of the second round. I don't like the move. I think he's not going to see his normal 150 targets. I think he's going to see like 125. So taking him right now as if he's still the same guy, right? Taking him at the end of the first beginning of the second would be assuming in my opinion, at least, right? because I think that Michael Thomas, Devonta Adams, and Julio anyways are better picks. Even if he was still in Houston, there's just more of an argument for uh, a guy in Hopkins to end up being number two or number three. But taking him with one of the top 15 picks in the draft right now is where he just went right around 16th, is assuming that he's just still in Houston. He's still with the quarterback that he has had chemistry with. He's still in that same offense where he's going to see 150 to 180 targets. And that's not the case. He's in an offseason where it's tougher to get acclimated with your quarterback, and he's not going to go in there and be just getting 10 receptions or 10 targets per game. So that's my issue with it. Let's see how the rest of the first round goes. Um, right now, I think that some guys who have built some good lineups, the only guy who's taking back-to-back running backs so far, Kenyon Drake and Nick Chubb, that looks pretty good. We'll see if any of these guys who took a bunch of running backs in a row before me go back-to-back. My best availables and who I'm looking at right now, Eckler's still on the board, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. Those are guys that I would be happy to get. I don't really want to take Aaron Jones or Clyde edwards Slayer as my RB2. So I'm really hoping one of Eckler, Todd Gurley, or Fournette falls to me in these like next six picks. Let's see what happens. All right, so the sweat is real right now because Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, and Austin Eckler have gone. Leonard Fournette is the next best running back available for me. And then it's sort of a teardrop to like Clyde Ebertelier, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson. I really would like Leonard Fournette at this pick. And then jumping back around, I would take another running back if one of these guys in Gordon or Clyde Ebertelier is there as my third running back. But for my second running back, I really want Leonard Fournette. Let's see what ends up happening. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey went off the board as well. First tight end and first quarterback to go. Let's see what ends up happening here. So the fellow before me is going full on zero running back because he went Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin. It allows Leonard Fournette to fall to me. Thank you very much. We're going to go through here. We're going to go get ourselves some Leonard Fournette, somebody that a lot of people are down on this year. I don't quite understand why. Chris Thompson is not a threat. LaVishka Chenault is a wide receiver. Stop saying that he's going to see uh, six to eight touches a game in the backfield. Y'all are ridiculous unless you think that the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach just became the most efficient and most innovative head coach in like NFL history. Doesn't seem like it's mind boggling, but yes, having guys like Randall Cobb back in the day in the backfield for the Packers was very successful. It would work or it should work for guys like LaVishka Chenault. It's just assuming that there's going to be rational and superior coaching thinking is not something that you should ever really bet on in the NFL. Leonard Fournette is in a contract year after just seeing and deserting himself on an island last summer to improve his pass catching ability and his cardio and do for major touchdown regression. Yeah, I feel pretty good about Leonard Fournette seeing 300 plus touches in this offense where only Ryquel Armstrong and one of the worst running backs in the league last year and for the last two years, Chris Thompson. Yes, yes, you heard me. One of the worst running backs. This is not four years ago, Chris Thompson, when he was actually efficient. This is the last year and a half, Chris Thompson, who has been injured in a bad running back. So Leonard Fournette, 
by far the best running back in this backfield in Jacksonville contract year. As long as they don't cut him out of nowhere after not picking up his fifth year option, should be an absolute monster. We get our back-to-back running backs. We get our two workhorse running backs in Saquon Barkley and Leonard Fournette. Now with this next pick, I mean, I'm looking at wide receivers available. Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson are, are my two of my top six wide receivers. I like that. Again, these rankings are down below in the Supreme Draft Guide. Go get it for just $10 rooskies. What are you waiting for? Beat your league mates. But I am looking at the board. Clyde Ebertzler, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson. These are running backs that at my third pick, I would be willing to take. Probably not yet willing to take David Johnson or David Montgomery here or James Conner, um, but I would be willing to take Melvin Gordon and then Clyde Ebertzler probably in that order. Let's see what happens with these next couple of picks before me. There's two picks. Let's see what this guy does. He took McCaffrey at the 101. So he took McCaffrey and then he ends up going Kenny Galladay and Clyde Ebertzler. I think I think that's a pretty solid start for him. So I'm in a situation now where I can go Melvin Gordon, pick up my third running back or go Allen Robinson. And you, I'd be damned if I miss out on Melvin Gordon right here. So I'm going Melvin Gordon. I'm going to get Melvin Gordon. So now I have three running backs who I think are all workhorses. Look, Philip Lindsay is back there. Philip Lindsay is not a good pass catching running back. You can think that he is, but he's not when he actually has to take on more of a role. He can be good as a satellite back catching four or five passes a game at most, probably just three or four. But last year they put Royce Freeman back there as the pass catching back because in situations where it could be a neutral situation, it's not just, okay, we're throwing it to you, Philip, on a swing out, go and do your thing. No, in situations where it was like, okay, you have to block and release, Royce Freeman, which must better much better at improvising in the pass catching game, which is not good to kind of indicate how good of a running back Philip Lindsay is. Now I like Philip Lindsay, back to back seasons of a thousand yards, but it was just more so out of necessity and overall volume. Now they actually have a good running back there in Melvin Gordon. A good running back. Yes, Melvin Gordon is good. He ran behind one of the worst offensive lines for the past three years of his career. And he was still able to pop off. Melvin Gordon last year, just playing in around 11 or 12 games, was still able to produce for you close to 10 touchdowns, double digit touchdowns close to it, eight touchdowns he had, was still able to produce for you workload ability and just huge workloads. Now you have a Denver offensive line that's improving. They get Graham Glasgow from Detroit, one of the most underrated signings. I'd say up there with a guy like Nikel Robbie Coleman, slot cornerback for the Eagles now, some underrated signings from the offseason, right? An improved offense all around. If Drew Locke is half decent and gets into the red zone with a very good defense, game script should be in Melvin Gordon's hands. We just got, in my opinion, three workhorse running backs. Saquon, Leonard Fournette, 20 touch per game guys. Melvin Gordon, I think is going to be a 20 touch per game guy. And we locked up those three running backs very, very early. So now at my next turnaround, I'm definitely going to get at least one receiver, um, potentially another running back, depending on who's on the board. And then we should be good with running backs. Load up on them early because there's nothing in the middle in the late rounds, unless you're hoping for injuries and something random has to happen. And then after that, bam, 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 wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, late round tight ends, late round quarterbacks. That's the name of the game. There's your free draft strategy advice for the day. Let's see what happens with the rest of the third round and the beginning of the fourth round. So the third round ends, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Your second tight end and George Kittle, second tight end and Lamar go off the board. You get a bunch of receivers and running backs to go off the board. None that I really cared too much about. Carson was an okay pick. That's a good pick in the end of the third round. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. I think Adam Thielen at the end of the third round is a good pick. Allen Robinson last midway to the third. Like there was like three or four other wide receivers that were taken before Allen Robinson, actually four or five that I didn't agree with. Some of those names, Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, some of those names, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, those guys, Chris Godwin, not guys I would have taken ahead of Allen Robinson. He's my wide receiver six right now, a little peek behind the scenes at the rankings. Let's see what happens in the fourth round heading up to this pick. Some running backs still on the board, Jonathan Taylor, David Johnson, David Montgomery. If one of those guys is available to me in the fourth round, especially like a David Montgomery type, I might end up taking him or I might just wait, get a stud receiver if a guy like DJ Moore is still on the board. And then in the fifth round, go ahead and get like a Cam Akers or a Kareem Hunt. Let's see what happens. Fellas, fellas, fellas. So we ended up seeing David Montgomery and Kareem Hunt go. So I think I'm going to go wide receiver here. A lot of them went. I was looking at DJ Moore. He went about five picks before me. AJ Brown has already gone. I was hoping I can get him in the fifth round, but I'm looking at it. Robert Woods is my best available. It's an easy pick. He's my wide receiver 12. The next closest is my wide receiver 17. So I'm going to go Robert Woods here. And then on the turn at the fifth pick, I'm going to be hoping, normally I would try and get a fourth running back here. Jonathan Taylor still on the clock. That's a decent option. Uh, Cam Akers, these rookies 
rookie guys are still in the clock, some decent options. And then I can kind of close down running back and be done with it. But there is a chance, there is a chance that I kind of want to go Robert Woods and then one of Terry McLaurin or DJ Shark or even DK Metcalf, whoever's available at that point. I'll probably go Terry McLaurin, maybe DJ Shark. These second year wide receivers, if I compare them with the Robert Woods, I think I have a lot of upside in my wide receiver room while already having a lot of volume and upside with my running back. So I think right now I'm going to try and go back to back wide receivers here. I would have gone David Montgomery and or Kareem Hunt, but they just both went right before me, right? So at this pick, I probably would have went Robert Woods and then hope that David Montgomery or Kareem Hunt fell to me in the fifth round. I don't think that a terrible pick is Cam makers in the fifth round. Honestly, if Jonathan Taylor is on the clock still at the 5-2, I think he's going to get taken after this. I might just take him, which you might be saying, Sal, why don't you take him now? At, at this point right now, I value Robert Woods more than Jonathan Taylor because of the fact that I have three running backs. If I only had two, I would take Taylor here, but I want to make sure that I lock up one of these top 12 wide receivers, which are my wide receiver ones, and Robert Woods is still on the board. So we'll get him at the end of the fourth. I'm going to go ahead and get Robert Woods. And then again, if Jonathan Taylor falls to me, it's going to be hard for a guy like me who's high on Jonathan Taylor to just ignore him. Well, it makes my decision easier because he goes Cooper Cup, the other Rams wide receiver who I have six spots below Robert Woods in my wide receiver rankings. And then he goes Jonathan Taylor. So at this point in the fifth round at running back, it's Devin Singletary, Cam Akers, Raheem Mostart, Damian Williams. Not much there. I would take Cam Akers if anything. But when I look at the clock and I see guys like Terry McLaurin, DJ Shark, DK Metcalf still on the board. Yeah, I'm liking those guys a lot. Now it's a tough decision between all of them. You have the number one receivers in McLaurin and Shark. You have a number one A, one B with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I like what I'm seeing here. It's going to be one of these guys. I have it ranked right now, Metcalf, Shark, and McLaurin, but they're all back to back to back. So it's pretty much means it's a toss up right now at this point. I think that the one who, if he has the best quarterback play, if you got the best quarterback play out of all these guys, Metcalf has the best quarterback play. But if you saw a big jump forward, in the quarterback play of Dwayne Haskins. You can see a guy in McLaurin being a top 10 wide receiver. If you had a big step forward in Gardner Minshew, who was already pretty decent last year, Shark can be a top 10 wide receiver. So I think based on pure upside here, and the fact that none of these guys are going to be there at my next pick. I have a lot of DK Metcalf so far this year. So I'm going to go ahead and get Terry McLaurin here. So I start off my builds with uh, Saquon, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, bunch of upside and receivers, bunch of guys who I think have 300 plus touch upside and all have receiving game roles in their offense, or at least in their past offenses for Melvin Gordon. And then you get a top 12 receiver, in my opinion, and then you get a high upside guy, a league winner in my league winning videos with Terry McLaurin and DJ Shark. So I like Terry McLaurin there. Now we have five picks in. At this next pick, I'll probably just lo- keep loading up on wide receivers. I usually like to get four running backs within my first five picks. I would have had to go Cam Akers to Devin Singletary there. I think Terry McLaurin offers me much better value at this spot in the draft. So keep track in the fifth and sixth round before my next pick at the 6-11. So the sixth round ends, nothing crazy to talk about, just a bunch more receivers, DK Metcalf, Shark. Again, I knew they weren't going to be there. They go off the board. A couple more quarterbacks going, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Dak's still on the board. Deshaun Watson's still on the board at quarterback. And you get not much else, right? The, the running backs that go, Cam Akers, Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostart to dusty old running back. I would never take him, but somebody took him. So shame on them. Uh, they, their draft is not starting good, in my opinion. Josh Jacobs uh, at his pick, could have went three other guys that were better. DeAndre Hopkins, not a good pick in my opinion. Chris Carson, a decent pick at the third round. Amari Cooper in the fourth round, that's fine, but none of these picks are saying got great value there. And then Raheem Mostart, uh, just bury yourself now. Uh, there was That's a really bad pick, especially when there's other guys on the board. So let's see what happens as we start the sixth round and then I get my back-to-back picks. So I don't know why, but I'm here at my pick at the 6-11 and Dak Prescott's still on the board. And I don't take quarterbacks ever like really before like the ninth round for the most part, because I don't really see the upside there. But man, Dak Prescott's my quarterback three and he's still on the board with like six quarterbacks off the board. I'm not going to take him here because I want another receiver, but if he was to make it to the seven, two, it's going to be hard not to like him. So I'm looking at the board. Best what running backs left. Damian Williams, Matt Breida, Darius Geis, Tariq Cohen in my rankings. Don't want any of that. I don't want tight ends now at all. Again, Dak Prescott would be the only quarterback I'd take in that situation. And then wide receivers, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk. Those are my best available. Marvin Jones, if I was to keep going down the list. So I'm going to snag one of these receivers. I think it's between Parker, Landry, and Fuller here. 
Edelman should be there at the turn if I really wanted it. Uh, Landry, you're going to get your security. I think we sort of have that with Robert Woods. We have that a little bit with McLaurin with the upside there. Parker, I think, is more of a risk because there could be a quarterback change. Preston Williams coming back, and he was actually the number one wide receiver on that team before getting hurt last year. And again, part of that was because he did play uh, with a guy who I think deserves a little bit more, uh, another chance in his career, Josh Rosen. And then when I ended up seeing Fitzpatrick play, he normally targeted Parker. So sort of a mixed bag with what can happen with Devontae Parker. He can continue to be his dominant himself came out with a cartoon so maybe he's feeling good he's feeling loose he's feeling confident uh but i think i might go jarvis landry fuller or julian edelman here and i'm gonna go with will fuller just because of the upside i don't really care about his injury pass look yes for guys who are speedsters who run a ton hamstrings and stuff they do linger i get that but they also do heal so i'm gonna go will fuller here because i think the upside in going will fuller is just way higher than the downside if you get 12 games out of will fuller and, and hell if you get an entire season out of him this is a guy who scores half a touchdown a game when deshaun watson has been his starter half a touchdown a game you get 12 games out of the guy you get you six touchdowns a full season you're getting eight on average in his career right this is a guy who on average is going for over 80 receiving yards per game that he stays healthy it's absolutely nuts and those numbers were with deandre hopkins out there so yes i think that the wide receiver 1a and 1b with brandon cooks the guy who has more just trust with his quarterback and experience with this quarterback is an absolute steal especially at the end of the sixth round yes will fuller for me somebody that i like a lot he's probably going to be a guy that continues to move up my rankings my wide receiver 30 right now and at this next pick i hope dak prescott goes just so i don't have to think about taking him because there's still good receivers on the board i would probably just continue to pass on dak but Devonte parker landry edelman brandon cooks and kirk are still on the board probably not going to go cooks now that i got fuller and once again this guy's making my decisions easy right he sniped me on jonathan taylor quote unquote sniped i'm happy he took him so i didn't have to make that decision because i wasn't really feeling it and he takes dak prescott at the 7-1 getting dak prescott in the seventh is an absolute steal in value so now i'm going to go with another receiver here and i can go uh, Parker, Landry, Edelman. Edelman's the guy who seems like the best overall stable piece in his offense, especially now that they just signed Cam Newton. So I could go there. Landry, I think, is just the guy that you know what you're going to get. You probably got the ceiling year last year out of him, but there's no reason that I should expect him not to continue to play well. He's only 27 years old, I believe. It's not like he's old. Same thing for Edelman. Edelman's a little bit older, but uh, look, the injury started to pile on last year, but now that he actually has a competent quarterback, and in my opinion, a good quarterback in Cam Newton, I'm not as concerned. I think I'm going to go Landry here, secure some of that uh, upside and just floor. So now we have our four receivers, our three running backs and i'm liking the way that this team is looking let me know in the comments what you think saquon leonard fournette melvin gordon robert woods terry mclaurin will fuller and jarvis landry i like the floor of a lot of the things that we have in terms of volume and the upside with guys like terry mclaurin will fuller saquon of course so there's seven rounds in in terms of my picks 11 to go so buckle up real tight let's see as the rounds continue to go on all right so we're back at the 8 11 right now and we went through like a round and a half two rounds and, and just a lot of guys went off the board right not a lot of guys that i was really interested in there's a lot of guys on the board that i am still interested in zach moss at running back chris Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones, both at receiver, are still on the board. I'm probably going to attempt to double tap them right here and just have six really good wide receivers, three really good running backs, and start feeling good about that. And then going back in the 10th and 11th round turn and getting my tight end and quarterback. But yeah, not much went off the board. Like, I'm pretty surprised that Zach Moss and Matt Breed and Tariq Cohen survived. And guys like, I don't know, J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Howard, Keyshawn Vaughn, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, like those running backs went off the board before them. In some situations, I don't agree with that. Matt Ryan, the only quarterback to go off the board in the eighth. Drew Brees went off the board in the seventh. Again, Drew Brees was a reach. I like Matt Ryan where you got him at the beginning of the eighth round and not much like the wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Debo, Tyler Boyd, Gallup. Like those aren't guys that I was really looking at all that much. Deontay Johnson a little bit, but I would have not have taken him over Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, maybe not even Jamison Crowder. So let's see what happens here. I'm on the clock. For me, it's a decision between Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones. I have Christian Kirk 33rd overall, Marvin Jones 35th. I might try and get Matthew Stafford in the 10th round. I don't think he'll end up being there, but because of that, because of my idea to try and stack him, and I'm going to try and get both of these wide receivers right here because that running back, like Zach Moss is still on the board and he'll probably go before my next turn. And I'm trying to see if that's actually worth it. So maybe this guy 
that'll make my decision easier. And whichever wide receiver I don't take here, he'll take so that I can take Zach Moss. Or maybe he'll just take Zach Moss uh, so I don't have to worry about it. But Zach Moss is a guy who, if they're saying that he's going to be Frank Gore, except better than Frank Gore because he's younger, he's going to see all the red zone work. He's going to be on the field on third downs and also second downs at points. Yes, why would I not want 10 to 12 touches out of Zach Moss with the upside of 15 plus and receiving game role and red zone role, right? Why would I not want that? A guy who's not just a handcuff and a backup, but probably in a 50-50 backfield now, maybe not 50-50, but to start the year 60-40, right? Somewhere around 55 45 with a guy in Devin Singletary who was good last year in limited touches, right? Smaller sample, not limited, limited, but like smaller sample compared to most. He had like the least touches out of all the guys who actually accounted for being eligible for a lot of the efficiency metrics uh, because he was injured for good part of the year and stuck behind Frank Gore. And I like Devin Singletary, but he was way too efficient last year. And that's something that is a little bit of a concern in terms of regression. And then they go out and draft Zach Moss, who is probably the better running back, to be completely honest with you. So we'll see what happens there. I'm going to go ahead here and take Marvin Jones, mainly because I have Christian Kirk two spots ahead. But the way that I'm building my lineups right now, I think that Marvin Jones offers up some more red zone upside, like Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, to an extent McLaurin will, but Robert Woods, Will Fuller don't offer us much red zone upside in terms of touchdown department. Jarvis Landry never did until last year. He ended up popping off in the red zone. But now you get Marvin Jones, who's just known to be a red zone monster. And why do I want that? I want different skill sets on my team. So I want somebody to have less variance when it comes to touchdowns. They're always going to be variant, but a little bit less. Let's see what this guy does here. I'm looking at Christian Kirk. I'm looking at Zach Moss for my next pick. So this guy goes back to back running backs. Matt Breida and Tariq Cohen. So he he filters down the running back pool. He doesn't take Zach Moss, but I'm looking at it right now. I got three running backs and I got five receivers. If I take Christian Kirk here, I continue to feel good about my receivers. There are a lot of good receivers left on the board. Crowder, John Brown, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller, right? Uh, Darius Slayton, Nikhil Harry, Sterling Shepard. So I don't have to go Christian Kirk here. I think I'm going to go Zach Moss, get my fourth running back. I thought I was going to be locked into Kirk because I like him a lot. Moss right now, my 45th running back overall. That number is likely to come up as the season goes on or the offseason goes on, but he provides standalone value as a running back for I have my three cornerstone running backs but if something was to happen to either of them injury wise otherwise I feel like they're going to be fine if they don't get injured god they're going to be going behind good offensive line for Saquon and Melvin Gordon an improving offensive line for the Jaguars who just have younger guys who hopefully take a step forward this year and a bunch of young quarterbacks with Daniel Jones Gardner Minshew and also you're having Drew Locke so like a bunch of second year quarterbacks so hopefully they all take a step forward and are fine here but Zach Moss possesses this upside in the ninth round that I don't think you're really going to get from any of these other running backs unless there's an injury right Latavius Murray if there's an injury to Kamara, Tony Pollard, if there's an injury in front of him, Duke Johnson, right? If there's an injury there. So I'm actually looking at it. Duke Johnson and Zach Moss provide a lot of standalone value on their own. So what I'm going to do here is go ahead and get Zach Moss. Is there a chance that he falls to me at my next pick? Probably not. So we'll go ahead. We'll get Zach Moss. I chose him over Duke Johnson. I have Duke Johnson a couple spots ahead of my rankings. It was just more of a feel thing. Maybe I should adjust the rankings based on that. But now we have five receivers. We have four running backs. I'm honestly probably done drafting running backs. I'm in the ninth round till maybe like the 16th round and just get like a flyer on somebody at that point. But now I'm pretty solid on my next picks going with a quarterback in the 10th round and then probably a tight end in the 11th round let's see what happens as we approach my 10th round pick so man oh man i'm back on the clock at the 10 11 in this spot right here carson went to matt stafford my two best available quarterbacks they were still on the board right and i'm like eight picks away so i'm like damn one of them's probably gonna drop to me nope back to back they go i'm gonna get a quarterback here probably gonna go cam newton i do want to point out though that a lot of rookies are going and i think it's a little bit of a mistake to be taking them this early jerry judy in the ninth round no shot for me uh jalen rieger in the 10th an okay option especially with alshon jeffrey's concerns but antonio gibson in the 10th round i like antonio gibson but he's going into a crowded backfield with no offseason taking him in the 10th round he's my 83rd ranked if i rank him as a wide receiver wide receiver this year 
83rd rank. You want to know how many guys are ahead of him right now in my rankings that are still on the board? Like 25 guys. It's not that I don't like Antonio Gibson. It's that you probably could have got him in the 12th round. Now, if he pops off and he's fantastic and he's like a fourth round value, well, then obviously reaching on him is the right answer there. But there's a lot working against this guy. Like being a satellite back in a loaded backfield with literally Adrian Peterson, who continues to get touches, Darius guys who are healthy, they're going to give him touches. A lot of guys that they signed back there, whether it's Peyton Barber and, and who else is all back there in this backfield, right? So uh, Bryce Love is still hanging around back there. So yeah, there's a lot going on back there. So even if a Antonio Gibson gets on the field, it's probably as a wide receiver and taking this guy in the 10th round as like a slot wide receiver, I guess can be okay. But based on the guys who are still on the board, especially some of the rookies still on the board, like Michael Pittman, Deshaun Jackson still on the board, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller, Sterling Shepard, Nikhil Harry, Antonio Brown, if you wanted to go there, might be suspended, might not, who knows? Uh, Henry Ruggs, Sammy Watkins, all these guys are still on the board. A little bit interesting to take Antonio Gibson, who is labeled as a running back on sleeper, but even interesting to take him that early. Even at the running back position, you still have Boston Scott, Tony Pollard, Duke Johnson still on the board. Right here at this pick, I got to go quarterback at this point. Now there's a couple I like, Cam Newton, Daniel Jones. I'm going to go Cam Newton. He's my quarterback 11. I'm pretty bullish on him. So I secure one of my quarterbacks. I'll get a second quarterback later in the draft, probably not a third quarterback. But let's see what happens at this next pick. I'm not really looking to go back to back quarterbacks. Mike Gusecki's still on the clock. If he makes it back to me, I'll get him with my 11th round pick, secure my quarterback and tight end and go on from there. I will point out that Antonio Brown is still on the board. He'll probably be a guy I try and get in my like 12th and 13th pick if he's still there. So Noah Font and Jared Cook go. Jared Cook, I'm very low on and I continue to be low on him 18th overall. So I'm going to go and get my tight end just looking at the board to make sure I'm not missing anything. Duke Johnson at running back still there. Don't want it. A lot of good wide receivers. John Brown, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller. All these guys are still there. Hopefully a couple of them make it back to me. I think they will. Deshaun Jackson would be a guy that I'm trying to go at my next turn. So right here, we're going to go ahead. We're going to get a tight end, my 10th overall tight end and Mike Giusecki. And I will be drafting a backup tight end in this video. It's probably going to be John Lewis Smith later on if he's still available. But if not, there's still so many good tight ends like later in the draft. It's not even funny. You still have Chris Herndon, TJ Hawkinson, Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas, even later in the draft, if you really wanted to go down to Jay Sternberger, Gerald Everett, those types of names, Irv Smith Jr. Those types of names is like your third tight end even. So we're, we're through now 11 rounds. I got Saquon Leonard. Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones, Zach Moss, Cam Newton, and Mike Gusecki. So we got a lot of things secure here. I want to keep loading up on receivers. I have five. I would like to get maybe two in a row after this, maybe like a Deshaun Jackson plus Antonio Brown at my next turn if they're there, something like that. And then we can get a late round running back as our fifth option, backup quarterback, backup tight end, and kind of close this book up. Let's see what happens as we have about six picks left in the draft. So I'll just stop in quick to say Deshaun Jackson just went with the first pick in the 12th round. That's sort of a dagger. He was definitely down the board and I thought he was probably going to make it to me, but somebody else is also sharp in this draft. My 53rd overall wide receiver. There's about five guys ahead of him on my rankings, but I was kind of eyeing him down. Let's continue to see what happens as we're like eight picks away from my 12th round pick. I'm on the clock in the 12th round. And one of these two picks, I'll probably go with Antonio Brown, right? 12th or 13th round. You probably end up getting him. I can wait till the 14th, but I don't know if it's a risk. You probably end up getting him. Maybe he gets suspended a month of the year. Maybe he doesn't. I know he announced his retirement as of my recording, but then literally like an hour later, he posted an album. So it seems very, uh, as a Pat McAfee said, Kardashian-esque, like just get a bunch of marketing to you. Um, I think he'll be fine. I think he'd be back into the league at some point. And if he's not, it's a 13th round pick that I probably would have taken like, I don't know, Alan Lazard at that point. So who cares at that point? I'd rather have the upside of Antonio Brown, who can finish as like a top four round pick and even a top 10 receiver if he comes back as the same AB. And this man is not dirt old. He's still young relative to like when wide receivers fall off their peak is like a year or two or three away from that. So I do think that at this situation in the 12th round, I'm not going to take him with this specific pick. I do think that I already got my wide receiver or got my quarterback inside him with my last two picks. 
It's probably a spot at this point that I'm just going to go back to another wide receiver here. Preston Williams is still on the board. Mike Williams and Michael Pittman. I'm going to go Preston Williams here. He's my best available receiver, 42nd overall. Pretty wide gap down to my next guys who are like 10 picks away from him. So I'll go Preston Williams at this point. Secure so our sixth wide receiver coming off an ACL tear, undrafted free agent. A lot of risk there, but in the 12th round, I think the risk kind of decimates. This guy goes Tyrell Williams. Interesting pick there. I don't even know where I have Tyrell. I have Tyrell Williams ranked wide receiver 81. So definitely would have never taken him, not at least at this point. And then he goes Big Ben. So now I'm on the clock. It's a decision to be made. Do I want Michael Pittman, the rookie who can be the outside receiver with T.Y. Hilton, maybe the 1A to 1B or the B to T.Y. Hilton's A. Mike Williams, I'm probably not going to take here. Uh, Antonio Brown is where I'm going to go with this pick uh, only because I want to make sure that I, I secure that upside. I feel like if this goes around again, somebody else might end up taking him. So we're going to go Antonio Brown here. As of my recording, he's not on the team and he is quote unquote retired, right? But that's not a situation that I'm going to believe in yet. And again, 13th round pick. If it's the fact that I was not able to get Michael Pittman or Denzel Mims here, rookies, that's fine. I like taking this type of calculated risk. Whereas even if Antonio Brown misses five weeks and he comes back week one and he's suspended for four or five weeks and anything's possible now, Tyree Kill did not get suspended last year. So anything's possible that Antonio Brown can come out and just not be suspended. But if he just plays even 10 games, getting him in the 13th round is very good because you're probably going to be starting him as a flex in a lot of those weeks. Remember, he played one week last year with the Patriots and he literally saw like 10 targets or something insane, right? Eight, 10 targets on a very limited route tree touchdown. He still has it. This guy still has it. I know that was a year ago, but I'm fine taking him in the 13th round compared to what's available here. Got a couple of picks left. Let's see what happens as the end of the 13th round picks up and we get to my 14th overall pick. So I'm back on the clock with my 14th round pick. A couple of good picks go. So you get John Smith at the end of the 13th round, that kind of hurt. You see guys like Jarek McKinnon went in the 14th. I was hoping to get McKinnon in like the 17th round. So one of my late round guys that I was hoping to get cannot end up getting him at that point. So that kind of sucks, but I am in the 14th round and I probably need to start looking at backup tight end. I mean, you still have Chris Herndon, Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas. So, and also backup quarterback because my top 20 quarterbacks are gone. I'm looking at guys like Sam Darnold, Garner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, like these types of options. I don't think there'll be much quarterbacks left or tight ends in my 16th round. So I'm kind of tempted to go back to back here. I already have six receivers. I have four running backs at this point. I kind of want to go maybe with a backup tight end and backup quarterback here. I could probably last a little bit on quarterback because I can get like a Garner Minshew or Sam Darnold as my backup to Cam Newton. Because a little bit risky, but I don't feel like I'm getting much upside in Philip Rivers or, or Ryan Tannehill over those guys. Tight ends wise, like Chris Herndon, Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas, they're a pretty high tier above what's left after that. And I feel like they'll be gone. So I'm going to take somebody else here, probably wait till the 16th to get my backup quarterback, but take one tight end here and then probably one wide receiver. Now, Mike Williams is still on the clock. I believe he is at wide receiver. I just don't want him. But getting Mike Williams in the 14th round is such a good value. I just really don't want to be drafting him anywhere this year. The end of the 14th round, if anything, for a guy who's like a wide receiver two in the offense, although behind Eckler, behind Keenan Allen in this offense, it looks really good. He has had double digit touchdowns. He had a thousand yard year last year, although mega efficient in both the touchdown year and then last year yards per reception. But I'm comparing to the other wide receivers right now, and it's rookie Denzel Mims, who I feel a little bit even more confident. A similar role maybe to Mike Williams on the outside, except probably going to have maybe a little bit more, I want to say, deep threat. So Sam Darnold, not great, but in terms of just chucking it downfield, yeah, he'll do that. Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Hunter Renfro. Not a lot of great options here. Running backs, nothing available for my, the most part. So I think I'm just going to secure the tight end in this round that I want. And that's actually going to be a, a teammate of Denzel Mims. So Blake Jarwin's on the board, Ian Thomas, but I'm going to go Chris Herndon here. So I secure my two tight ends. That's probably all I'm going to end up drafting in this draft, especially since my first one was Gusecki. Got two high upside athletic tight ends. Let's see what happens at the turn here. Probably go wide receiver at my next pick. So this guy goes Robbie Anderson and Larry Fitz. Uh, Larry Fitz seems like a mistake this early. Robbie Anderson seems like a fine pick, but yeah, Larry Fitz is somebody that I have ranked 85th overall. Not going to get there. Now, LaVisca Chenault's on the board. I probably want to wait another round for that. Denzel Mims, Hunter Renfro, Mike Williams. These are guys that all stand out. I think I might just go Denzel Mims here. Like Williams 
Williams is there for the upside. And the reason that I want to take receiver here is I only I have six, but one of them is Antonio Brown. So there's a little bit of a risk there. Actually, I think I have seven. I think it's counting one of my receivers as a flex. So yeah, I have seven receivers. So I feel a little bit better about that. But one of them is Antonio Brown at this point. I have four running backs, three really solid ones in Zach Moss. Not wasting a pick at this point on a Giovanni Bernard or a Malcolm Brown. I'm just not doing that. So if I'm looking down the board a little bit more, it's going to be between Mike Williams, Denzel Mims. It's a tough choice for me. I'll probably end up going with Denzel Mims here. Steve Sims Jr. is still on the board. Hunter Renfro. Decisions, decisions, but I'm going to go with the rookie Denzel Mims. I don't think I have any rookies yet outside of Zach Moss, but I'm talking like receivers and I usually draft a good amount of them. I usually get like a Michael Pittman, but he he's not there. So I go Denzel Mims. Again, I know Mike Williams is a value at this point. I just really don't want a piece of him. I don't really want much of that offense in general. Like I said, I'm kind of fading Austin Eckler this season unless he lasts late into the second round. I don't really want much Keenan Allen, although I think he's a fine pick, just not a lot of value in it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go Denzel Mims there. Now I have eight receivers, four running backs, two tight ends, and a quarterback. On my next pick, I have three picks less. I'll get a backup quarterback, and then I'll probably just fick, fill it out with what's best at running back and wide receiver. It's likely going to be wide receiver. So let's see what happens with the rest of the 15th and 16th round. So I'm back on the clock in the 16th round. And yeah, some guys did go. Nothing I was really looking at. I think Antonio Gandy-Golden and James Washington are interesting later round options. A guy in Elijah Wellman went. I'm a Packers fan, and Elijah Wellman is apparently on the Packers. I had no idea. I'm looking deep into this more than anybody else. I had no idea who Elijah Wellman was, but uh, all the Packers running backs have now gone, like four of them. Hunter Renfro was almost making it to me. 16.9. That's a guy you can take in the 12th round. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine to take Hunter Renfro there. Looking at it now, nothing left at running back. It's like Malcolm Brown, Frank Gore, Devonta Freeman, those types of names. Lamar Miller, if you still believe he'll go somewhere. These guys are not anything that I wanted the running back position. All the rookies have gone. So I'm probably going to come out of this draft with just four running backs, unless Devonta Freeman's there with like my 18th overall pick. But he kind of sucks. Uh, uh, Randall Cobb, he's fine. He's on the board. LaVishka Chenault has upside. He's on the board. I know I want to take a quarterback here, but I'm going to secure LaVishka Chenault, another rookie receiver. So now we go back to back rookie receivers. Always want to be targeting late round upside. That's what I did with Chris Herndon. That's what I did with Antonio Brown, Denzel Mims, LaVishka Chenault. So a trend here in my last four picks of late round upside. And then at my 16th overall pick or my 17th overall pick, I'm going to try and go with a quarterback. Philip Rivers is still on the board. Sam Darnold, Tyra Taylor, Garner Minshew, kind of like all those options. I could probably even wait to the 18th round and still get one of them. So Ito Smith and Philip Rivers go off the board. Ito Smith, not really somebody I want to be taking in any drafts. So at the quarterback position, it's between Sam Darnold, Garner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, even Tyrod Taylor. These are all guys. One of them will actually probably last to me in the 18th round. I like Garner Minshew. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like Sam Darnold. I like all these guys, right? So right now I have nine receivers, four running backs, two tight ends. I could go back-to-back quarterback here and just feel good about it, but there'll be guys on the waiver wire. So at the quarterback position, Sam Darnold's my highest ranked guy left. It goes in order right now. Sam Darnold, Tyrod, Garner Minshew, and Teddy Bridgewater. And it's actually pretty much like the opposite in the sleeper rankings, but but I'm going to go Sam Darnold here, pair him up with Cam Newton. And since my quarterbacks are not like the most stable, maybe with my 18th round pick, I just go ahead and I snag like a Teddy Bridgewater as well. Normally, I won't draft three quarterbacks in an 18 round league unless it's a best ball because there's just stuff on the on the uh, overall waiver wire. So I probably won't even do it in this video for you. But I'll just let you know that the waiver wire is probably going to have a decent quarterback if I really need to target somebody there. So as you can see, there's no running backs going off the board in the last two rounds except Frank or uh, rest in peace to whoever took him. Malcolm Brown's still on the board. So I guess that's like an okay running back for the 18th round. The Devonta Freeman, a free agent as I record this, but not much left there. A bunch of wide receivers because that's where the depth is in the NFL. And as I look at it, like my best available at receiver are guys that I don't really want. I actually think Ian Thomas is a tight end on the board in the 18th round, but I already have two tight ends, but that's probably like the best overall pick left for me. He's probably still in my top 150 or right on the outside of it. But the receivers left on the board right now, Kenny Stills, Chase Claypool, Andy Isabella, KJ Hamler. I even believe like Miles Bork, Boykin might've went off right now. So yeah, Miles Borkin's off the board as well. Chris Conley's off the board. So not much left here. It's probably between like a KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool and Kenny Stills. I've Stills ranked the highest, like 75th overall in Houston, just because I think they'll see a decent amount of slot usage, maybe some outside uses, 
Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller have some injuries, so maybe it becomes a little bit more of a focus point, although he's never really excelled in that spot. But I think I'm just going to take my Penn State bias and get another upside. This is what we're doing, right? We're going with upside. So let's see who this guy takes before me. So it doesn't take the guy one. I took Trent Taylor, who I don't really have any interest in, but KJ Hamler. So we get three rookie receivers in a row in my last four picks. KJ Hamler, I believe, offers up even more upside, right? He can go on the outside, which Jerry Judy won't do as much. He can obviously go in the slot. He's probably the fastest guy or one of the fastest guys on his team. It's a very fast team. I would argue that he is the fastest. So yeah, like what we did with our team here, gang, I think we did a very good job. So 18 rounds are over. A quick refresher before I let you go. Hit the like button before you go. Big old subscribe button. If you've watched it all the way through, let me know in the comments because I just want to say I appreciate you for watching what's probably going to end up being like a 40 minute video. So thank you so much. Really do appreciate you. Or if you listen on the podcast, leave a rating and review takes a minute of your time at most, probably 30 seconds for a chance to win $50. And in this video, probably only like one or two people are going to get to this point for that reminder. So be sure to do that. The Sal Betri Show on iTunes. So our draft, Saquon, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. We secure a bunch of guys with 300 touch upside and also receiving game roles, workhorse backs. Then we get five receivers in a row. Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, and Marvin Jones. I like that. We get some stability options and guys who have nice floors with Robert Woods, with Landry, with Marvin Jones. We have upside and exciting players in Terry McLaurin. And also, in my opinion, Will Fuller this year with no Hopkins there. Then we go and we get a fourth running back. We took over Christian Kirk, but it feels good at this point because we didn't draft another running back after that. We only took four in 18 rounds. I feel okay about that because the rest of the running backs just suck. There's no point to take Frank Gore in the last round just to say that you took a running back. No. Then we get our quarterback and our tight end. Tight end, I love the fact that I got Gusecki in the 11th round and I'm fine with Cam Newton in the 10th. I would have preferred Carson Wentz or Stafford, but they went like seven picks before. Cam Newton's fine with me. We keep securing wide receiver with Preston Williams and Antonio Brown. Some upside picks. This is where the upside, the 12th round and on, really starts to take off. Preston Williams, Antonio Brown, Chris Herndon in the 14th. That's a lot of upside for a guy who I think has top 12 tight end upside, top 10. I think he's right now like my tight end 15 or 16 in my rankings. And then these final three out of four picks, all rookie receivers. It's all shooting for upside. Denzel Mims, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, some of the most exciting and honestly fast wide receivers. Very sneaky speed for Denzel Mims. Very fast speed. He just wasn't time because he didn't go to the combine because of COVID for a guy in KJ Hamler. And then Sam Donald, our backup QB. And if we had to, right, Teddy Bridgewater and Gardner Minshew went, but if we had to pick up another quarterback, you got guys like Derek Foles, you got guys like Tua who can take over at some point, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the start of the season, Tyrod Taylor, Nick Foles, those guys are on the waivers. So that's where I'm at right now. 18 round draft. First one that I've done a full 18 round, I think by myself in these mocks uh, on the video. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Get the Supreme Draft Guide for all the rankings that I use in this video. If you like the team I got, it's because of that Supreme Draft Guide and my rankings and tiers and my top 150, which I used for like the first half of this draft until we got past 150 players or 200 players. So thank you so much. I'll see you in the next video, gang. Reach out with any questions you have on Twitter at DFS. Do all the giveaways through the uh, the podcast reviews. Make sure to get the Supreme Draft Guide. Like, subscribe one last time, and I'll see you in the next one.